Okay, welcome to Cool Club's first podcast, and we are going to start our, our series with Mark Timms, who is our CEO and founder. And some would say, uh, I would say, the the founder of really independent club fitting. Do you agree? Uh, maybe. I don't know about uh, founder of independent club fitting, but certainly been in it a long time. Okay, well, tell us about that. How did you start getting into the golf industry itself? Well, interestingly enough, I, I started playing golf when I was probably 14, 13, 14, because uh, I couldn't beat my dad at tennis. So... Uh, he had not played much, and but actually won mixed doubles at Wimbledon a million years ago. So he was a good tennis player. So okay. uh, played golf uh, in high school and stuff, and uh, went to college and got slight scholarship to go play golf in college, and uh, started playing and hurt my back, so I didn't end up playing. But I played around at a driving range uh, across the street from the college, and the guy there actually built clubs and stuff. So I started tinkering with clubs and all that stuff. Um, didn't think much of it. Hurt my back a few times in college, and uh, ended up not playing. Um, because it kept bothering me, so decided it was better to finish college than uh, stay in bed and uh, back pain pillows and that, and that stuff and hang out and do nothing. Um, so I went uh, actually started off in banking. So I worked in a commercial bank um, from for three years. Kind um, of got bored. You know, my my passion is to build stuff, right? So building golf clubs or houses or parts or things, you know, whatever it is. I just like building stuff and I like helping people. So. Uh, 1990, I opened a store in Connecticut, Custom Golf of Connecticut. Um, borrowed some money from a bank, an SBA loan, because I was in the banking business as a credit analyst in the commercial lending, so I learned how to borrow money. And uh, that was basically the start. Had that store for 10 years and then moved out here in 2000 and opened Hot Sticks as the next one. Okay, so the first store, what was it called again? It was called Custom Golf of Connecticut. Custom Golf Connecticut. Stanford, Connecticut, yeah. So, I mean, you've come out, you've basically been with this guy, you've, you've learned some real basics yeah, on how exactly. to assemble clubs yep. so when did you first like form a concept of okay well there's there's some space in this market to to improve right was that with that with that company yeah no uh, actually he helped us a little start it's a guy named jim loudenschlager from uh florida he's still uh, in the golf business you know uh, kind of interesting guy um but uh no i didn't really think about it at the time you know when i was playing around in college that i was going to end up doing that i just was working at a bank for a while and my uh Stepmother at the time said, you know, you want to do what you like to do. And what do you like to do? And I thought about that for a while. I said, well, I like golf because I took up golf again in the banking business. Uh, there was an option to either sit and work all day or go play with customers when they found out I was a decent golfer. Yep. So I started playing golf again. Um, but like I said, I always like to build stuff and kind of came up with this idea that uh, I want to start playing golf again. You know, custom clubs made a lot of sense. So we started off with mostly knockoffs and, and stuff like that that was cheaper. And that's how we started. But that branched out into Callaway, TaylorMade, and Titleist, and, and building all kinds of clubs. So, do you remember what your first set was that you started to play with at a decent level? In oh, like when I first started playing? Yeah. Oof. Um, at a decent level, my first set of clubs. Uh, I think it was a set of Tommy Armour PGAs. Okay. Really old ones. Yeah, blades. And you had a recollection of thinking, okay, well, I, I can make these better, or. No, not really at the time. You know, when I was playing, I didn't really mess with clubs that much. You know, I bought some clubs here and there, but uh, not really a tinkerer to that extent. You know, there really wasn't – it didn't really exist back then, right? So we're talking some 35, 30 years ago, so. So then the foundations, and I, I kind of picture it. I, I track it back, and I think, right. okay, well, what, what came first? Did you think, okay, well, we can assemble like – we can build something that's going to perform better, or did you think, we need, well, we need to capture data on what this golf club's performing like no we really didn't have a lot of data capture stuff you know so what we were working with basically was a swing speed machine you know kind of give you a path and that's about it you know pretty simple stuff 
Um, so, you know, it was just basically like a build clubs, you know, for less money, better clubs than the guys were buying. So I really kind of believed in fitting. Yeah. And to be honest, when I started this, I just thought, you know, you know, 10 years from now, I mean, 100% of the population is getting fitted, right? Yeah. Um, that hasn't been the case some 30 years later or so. Um, still, it's under 50%, probably. Um, but it's still growing, and it's growing a lot more in the last five years. It's really starting to take off, so... Well, there's companies like us, but also the yeah. main, you know, the, the OEMs, they offer their right. own fittings, the basic stuff versus... Yeah, that's that's really when custom fitting really took off. It's like six, seven years ago, I remember going to the golf show and things had kind of changed. You know, the, the OEMs were willing to sell those components and um, all of them, a few that, you know, I was surprised at. Uh, and the OEM shifted, you know, seven, eight years ago, or whatever, I remember the PGA show, and they kind of changed their mind about us. They were no longer a threat. They wanted to kind of help us. So um, from the last... You know, five, six years, custom fitting has really been big in golf, and it's been pushed quite a bit by the OEMs. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to go, you know, talking about cool clubs specifically now, right. so we've jumped on 20 years. Yep. Uh, one of our, I think one of our big differences as, as a club fitting company is is using the understanding of FM, you know, frequency, right, frequency matching yeah. golf shafts yeah. and understanding that frequency is an important measurement. When did you start to implement that into the industry? Well, we use frequency, um, I mean, right as soon as we opened, you know, Custom Golf Connecticut, we bought frequency machines. This is where I became friends with Kim Braley, who uh, now works next door uh, yep. over here um, from, from uh, was a pr uh, rifle shafts at that point, or FM Precision. And that's basically how we built. You know, most everything we built back then in irons was all steel. Um, started graphite, some, some graphite, but the majority steel. Uh, and frequency was just a good overall gauge back then is the best we had of how stiff something was. You know, we, we knew kick points a little bit and stuff, but we didn't know how that all affected things. So did you do some, you know, rudimentary tests in terms of performance on, you know, lower FM versus higher FM for players to see yeah, if they a little had bit. a gain? And we kind of, over time, you know, kind of figured out which, you know, which, which shafts work for what people, what kind of swing speeds, you know, what kind of swings, you know, and, and which ones go higher and lower. So kind of a, a, a guessing game more of what we uh, used to do um, that we do now. I mean, we know all those things now, but we didn't back then. Yeah. So, I, I mean, moving on from that, I guess a little kind of teaser for people out there is the fact that, you know, golf shaft technology, golf head technology has evolved to the point where even our software has got to kind of make a jump here and FM is going to become a, a part of a bigger number. Yeah. So well, we're going to exactly. start... So, so, so frequency is a good measurement of golf clubs. Um, Kim would say that, Dr. Mace, whatever. It's, it's a good measurement of how overall stiffness, but it really measures the butt part of the club. club. Um, but it's all we had, you know, 30 years ago. Um, Kim's dad actually invented the whole thing. Um, but, you know, now obviously we don't, we look at frequency as a way to basically uh, make sure everything's built the right way. Um, it's a measurement, a gauge, but it's not, you know, the end all of how stiff a shaft is. There's other things that play into that. The eye curve, the whole eye curve changes, you know, how it plays, you know, whether it's a low kick or high kick shaft. Torque has a big effect and weight has an effect. So we now look at all the things together, the overall picture of the shaft, which S3 gives us, you know, over 100,000 pieces of data on each shaft, and we see how that whole shaft plays. So we, we have definitely advanced a long way. And, I mean, just for the viewers out there, like S3 technology is a, is a Cool Club's designed product initially, yep. uh, co-engineered. Yeah, no, we uh, we designed it with uh, Simone, who's an engineer we hired. Uh, we did some stuff with Acra way back when, and they kind of helped us uh, with it. So, um, you know, we've had it for some seven, eight years now and uh, got 4,000 shafts in the database. And like I said, every shaft we put in, that's 4,000 models, not necessarily 4,000 shafts. So there's way more shafts than that. Cause yeah. it's just, you know, at least three, so usually five or more shafts of one, one model. 
Um, so it's probably about tens of thousands of shafts in the database. But uh, you know, it takes time to build all that up. But you know, like I said, we get 100,000 pieces of data off one shaft, so we have a pretty good idea what all these shafts do. Well, and it's a multiple-use machine, right? So yeah. I think I think that's the big thing is that we can use it in-house. Our fitters can use it. We're using it to drive our software to right. help clients get a better experience. But also manufacturers uh, approach us and yeah. they ask us to you know divulge information on what they've yeah, produced. Qu- quite a few of the OEMs and uh, even some of the shaft companies, actually quite a few of the shaft companies use that database uh, and that information to do a couple things. Uh, use it for R&D, you know, quality control, that kind of stuff. Um, that's one part, and we've helped with several companies help with design stuff based on what uh, S3 says, and obviously Acura and, and TrueTemper are doing that now. Um, but other companies have as well. And, and the other thing, too, is just a reference for all these shafts. So a lot of the guys on tour, the tour, tour uh, uh, reps from shaft companies use it as a, you know, an encyclopedia to look up because they don't know every other shaft from every company, but they know now they can pull it up one versus theirs and kind of look selected ones and see if they're similar and yeah. This gives you basically an encyclopedia shafts. Well, it's nice to start with a reference point as a as a fitter right. or a builder. You know, when you've when a new shaft comes out, and you don't want every client for the first ten clients to be a, a complete guinea pig. Right. You know, the S three gives you that reference of like, okay, well, we understand what that weight, that tip, that EI profile does for right. a player as a generic, and then you at least you know who to pull it out for um, outside of a manufacturer's recommendations on online, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, the, the biggest thing we do, actually, and the reason we do all this testing and stuff is, A, we're trying to do the best job we can fitting, right? Um, the biggest thing we run up against is, uh, and obviously, you know, a company like us or, you know, other large, you know, fitting companies have, have a different deal than the OEMs. You know, because the OEMs just fitting one manufacturer. So, Title's got three models. You know, they got uh, TSI 1, 2, 3, 4, maybe. They might have four models. You know, we have hundreds um, so we've got a lot of things to choose from. So all this research we do on shafts and heads really is to narrow down, um, you know, what shafts and what heads work for what people. Um, because in the fitting, we really want to narrow it down to three potential drivers really quick. I mean, you know, with software. Yeah. Um, then we can really try those three clubs and figure out one of the best, try some different shafts, and we narrow it down to one, and, and we can do that before somebody wears out. Which is a big key. As a, a huge As, a, as a fitter in yeah. the field, yeah. you know, right. and, and looking at our demographic as, as the generic, uh, hopefully we can expand that demographic right. with our, with our uh, software yeah. and our technology. But, you know, guys that are 60 plus hitting a bunch of drivers, it, you know, they wear out real quick. So yeah. we do need to just, just nail some, some things and it has to come from a factual background. It can't be opinion based. So right. it's great that we're doing that. So Yeah, so we're actually going to start filtering everything in the beginning of the fitting based on a bunch of information that we just plug in so three or four swings and we can narrow it down to three clubs pretty quick okay now i'm going to test you a little bit so the there's a new number that we're going to come out with it's going to kind of replace fm it's going to incorporate fm yeah can you you know without giving away the secrets of it what 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 is that going to be based on to help us fit a player better yeah basically we're going to come up with like an s3 uh you know flex basically so how how stiff does it play um it, it will cover you know Look at frequency, obviously, but it also looks at EI curve and, and all that stuff, and uh, it'll come up with a number. So one through ten, right? Ten being the stiffest, and ten, you know, one being you know wet noodle, uh, basically uh, autoflex. Uh, but uh, you know, so we'll, we'll we'll rate them all that way, which is what we're using internally. But we're going to publish some of that numbers, you know. So you get two sh- two drivers, for instance, and this is what's really misleading, and people kind of corner us on this a lot, is they think you know. Well, frequency is not everything. It's not. I get that. So in our fitting software, we will come up with, you know, a driver. And, and one driver for me might be 6.0. And one driver for me might be 7.0. That's based on all the characteristics of the shaft. Um, those two shafts would play the same. So in our scale system, they would both be a 7, say. 
Um, but on FM scale, one would be a 6.0 and one would be a 7.0, right? But there's other things that go into it. There's the torque, there's the kick point, there's a lot of other things that we've learned over the years that affect how it plays for somebody. Yeah, it's a playability, the playability flex, number, yes, right? right. Great. So and, that, and that's not what flexes are, right? So if you look at stiff, regular, and X on most companies, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how stiff they are. No. It does within the, that, that line. So the stiff is probably stiffer than the regular, and the X is probably, you know, as those kind that. But from one line to another, even the same company, you know, a, a stiff Basara 59 gram, 50 gram shaft or something is not the same as a stiff 80 gram Tensei or something from Mitsubishi. I mean, right. They're totally different things. They and, both say stiff on them. And I think that's some of the industry's issue that we battle with as a, as a fitter. And even, you know, after a session, if somebody takes their information, which they're more than welcome to do, and then, and then discusses that with somebody who's maybe not well versed on the understanding of differences right. in golf shaft flex it can create some confusion. So, you know, the S, a 50 gram S versus an 80 gram S is a massively different product. So you cannot just throw people under the S category. You've got to understand, you know, the tempo, the the club head that they're putting on there, um, their swing speed or, you know, the club head speed. All of those things have got to factor in before you can start saying that stiff is correct. It's a, right. it's a, it's a specific type of a stiff golf shaft that's correct exactly, or, or reg or whatever that might so be. So we'll do that with software. A guy take a few swings or whatever, and we'll get a pretty good idea how much load he puts on the club. And, you know, software on there are down like four or five different – actually, probably more than that, probably seven or eight, nine shafts, right? And then we'll look at, you know, how high he hits it. And if he needs to hit it higher or lower, then obviously we uh, go in the – we got a little light issue here. Um, <laughs> So, you know, then we go a little bit stiffer or whatever. So you can, you can, you can mess with all that stuff. We really want to narrow down to begin with, you know, what shafts we want to try. Because you don't want to waste somebody's time trying to swing. I don't need to hand you a ladies' flex club to see if you hit it well. Yeah. I mean, that's just a waste of time, right? Yeah. So. And, and, and that's that the time. expert fitness job as right. well. Absolutely. Is, is to look at that, you know, having great people on the ground, which I think is another one of our, you know, strings oh, to yeah. our bow, is that oh, having all these products is great. And, you know, and that's what makes us better. But having the people that, that, that give you the experience and get to a result quickly is is super important. Yeah, that's that's really the key. I mean, it's the experience of our fitters and stuff that really narrows it down. We arm them with as much data as possible to help them. So, you know, all the S3 data, all the robot testing on heads. Stop there for one second. Oh. So tell me about robot testing. Like, we haven't covered that. We don't right. want to go, we don't want to burn all this up in one episode, right, but right. give us a little Look at outline. Overball, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I've done robot testing for, I don't know, some 20 years or so. We did it way back when we had Hot Sticks Technologies and do some automated fitting stuff. So uh, it's a great way to measure heads. It does you no good at all to measure shafts, but it's a great way to measure heads. Um, you know, basically we do robot testing on everything. So on drivers, we do nine points. We hit uh, the center, we go up a half inch down, now to the right and left. So nine points and just call that. Um, our basic speed that we measure to start with is 95 miles an hour, but we go 10 miles an hour increments up and down to text other stuff as well. Uh, so we basically run anywhere from 65 miles an hour to like 115 is kind of the, the ballpark of it. And from that, we get how all these, you know, clubs are different. Um, and they're all different. Um, some are more forgiving. Some are a little hotter. Um, some just, you know, spin less. They're high spin players. And some spin, you know, more, which is actually a good thing for some people. Yeah. Especially and I, ladies and seniors. I, right? I think that's some of the thing. And, we, and we're going to have to tread this water because we're going to divulge some of this information yeah. out to the golf industry. And, we, you know, we don't want to annoy any, any manufacturers. And, and there really is no good or bad because no, that's, that's people the, need to hit right. it higher, lower, and they miss it in the toe, they miss it in the heel. Yep. So uh, we'll keep some of this under the hood for another episode, but right. we are going to yeah, we're actually going to tell, actually. We're going to start doing these podcasts and stuff. And, 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 and the idea for this is 
you know, we have all this data and stuff. You know, we keep it to ourselves to some extent, but we want to share it a little bit with the world. I mean, if we help other fitters, you know, with some ideas and some information, that's fine. You know, the, I'm not, I don't have an issue with competition. I think it's, it's a good thing. It makes us all better. Yeah. Um, so if we can help other fitters do a better job, you know, I'm all for that. We sell, you know, loft and line machines to PJ Superstore and other stores. We right, sell to machines to everybody and manufacturers as well. So yeah. I don't have a problem. I mean, the idea is to help everybody get better at fitting. And and I think that really sings to me as as what you know what you're about. You know, you like you said right at the beginning yeah. here, you're a tech guy. You like building things, right. and we do a lot of that back of house. And I think this is what I want to expose to the golf industry, is that. You know, our core business is, of course, you know, it's fitting and selling golf clubs, right? It's helping people play better golf. Right. But behind that, there's a there's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't see that comes from the enigma that is Mark Timms <laughs> and and a bunch of other guys that we've got on right. the, on the ground here. That um, you got me, and then you got some smart guys. Here. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's a really cool thing. I think we keep sharing this information with everyone. Um, we'll get you in. We'll get other guys back in that we can talk to. And and just get this information out there. Let people. Yeah, we want to actually publish know. some of the stuff. You know, if it helps somebody determine what driver works better for them, yeah. have at it. You know, yeah. it's real numbers, and you know, a lot of the robot testing and other testing and stuff. You know, there's parameters of, uh, you know, how accurate the information is, whatever. There's always you know variables. So we're not going to try and throw somebody on the bus because this one spins 100 RPMs less than that one. Um, there's a margin for error. You know, but what we can tell overall about clubs, you know, let's let other people know. Do you know what? It, it, do you know, I think the best sentence is it, it, it gives you a chance. It gives you a better chance. Yeah. That technology is going to give you a better chance of getting it right because yeah. the, what people have faced from the very beginning and what they still struggle with today is, you know, is what is standard. Yeah, that's a whole other ball. You know, you right? can't, there's no standard. There's no one size fits all. So you do have to get in, in the mix of it. You've got to test products by hand. And no matter how much data we produce, you're still probably going to have to hit that and think, oh, absolutely. do I like it? Yeah. So, you know, our job is to get them there quicker. And if we can help some more people along the way, that's a good thing, too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's do this again. All right. That sounds good. Thanks for awesome. coming in. Talk to you later. Apparently, we don't have any problem talking. Or I don't no, know anyway. I think that's the way to do it. We just...